At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is hour number three, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi and Faye here hanging out at the VSIN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas out there in the Rocky Mountains in Colorado. And James, let's start hour three talking NBA. We touched on this earlier in the show, but it's the big thing going on tonight. Heat Celtics in Miami, tip off 830 Eastern, 530 Pacific time. And the total is really interesting in this game. It got as low as 195.5 yesterday when we started to break this down. It's climbed even further higher now uh, up as we've talked about this Earlier in the show, it was 196.5. Now I'm seeing 197.5 with the buy-in coming in on the over after the initial under look when it opened at 200. I guess my only concern here would be, I think, for on the defensive side for the Celtics, Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year, Robert Williams, really somebody when he's when he's patrolling the paint, a rim protector really makes it difficult to be able to get to the basket and score. We know he's not, we know both of them are, are dealing with different lower, whether it's the knee injury for Williams coming off that surgery. And I think he came back from that surgery too soon in a sense, but playoffs were there and he wants to get out there and compete with his guys and Marcus Smart dealing with his ankle injury. Um, at, I can't see it. I just can't get there and say, I'm going to bet this game over. Well, we, we've mm-hmm. seen with Miami, the, the lack of their ability to shoot, who knows what's going to happen with Tyler Hero, even if he gets out there, he's not going to be anywhere close to 100%. So what's his ability to be able to, to, knock, to knock shots down? And he moves around both ways. He'll, he'll make plays with the ball as well as coming off screens without the basketball. So he has to, he's got to utilize his legs to get shot. It's not like Clay Thompson, which can be just a catch-and-shoot kind of guy. That's Duncan Robinson for the Heat, who's – Basically, we haven't seen Duncan Robinson in the playoffs at all. Yeah. He's been relegated. I think because he's such a big liability on the defensive side of the floor, teams just go right at him and attack him when he's out there. When he's out there on that on that side of the of the court, but I, I just I can't get there, Femi. I just can't get there to say wh- how am I? Why am I? And how am I going to get involved? I don't care what's happened in the other games and where the scores have been. And Butler Butler's not going to go score fifty again tonight. We know he's capable of it, but I don't know if he's got the lift in his legs to be able to do that. And if if Butler needs to go out and score fifty points, that means nobody else is able to step up for the Miami Heat. And I don't know mm-hmm. if they can get that win done because Butler has to carry the load here. Somebody else is going to have to take some of the scoring scoring load off of Jimmy Butler's shoulders. I'm not exactly who's the, who that's going to be, but you know, I think as this game progresses, the 
possessions are going to get tighter and tighter. Uh, this is go. This is to go to the finals. It's all there. And you know what about the what's in the mindset right now for the Boston Celtics? The fact that they didn't show up in that first quarter in Game Six at home already kind of maybe potentially looking ahead to the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals in next week. And these are guys that have been in this moment before. In particular, Brown, Tatum, Smart, and Horford. They were all part of that lineup and that that team back in 2018 that had a three to two series lead over Cleveland and that was LeBron James Cleveland Cavaliers mm-hmm. obviously and, and couldn't get it done they lost game three on the road came back home, or game six on the road came back home for that decided game seven and struggled in particular the second half and I know Rogier was on that team and man that he had some great games <laughs> in that series and a complete dud in that game I think it was 0 for 10 shooting threes and yeah. just kept chucking them uh, but nobody else stepped up we didn't see Tatum step up in in the fourth quarter only one shot attempt in that game in game six either I just wonder how much is playing that in, into their head plus the fact that they're all kind of banged up I can't get there with this total. I can't get there with the over. The only way it goes over, if there's Scott Foster decides he wants to be the show and start <laughs> blowing whistles and, and it's a parade to the free throw line for both teams, clock stop, you're getting freebies at, at the stripe to be able to put points on the board. That's the only way I could see this game going over. I just can't see it. I, I think it's it's going to be such a grind defensively, in particular in the second half. I, I keep betting it over. That's fine because now that number is getting back close to where it opened. Oh, yeah. Which is good because now I can get – maybe I'll get back involved and, and get into this number. If we get around 198 or so, I'm probably going to get involved before the game starts and play that total to go under. Yeah, our buddy John Ewing, who does data and PR over at BetMGM, tweeted this out yesterday saying that there hasn't been an NBA playoff total under 200 since the 2018 season. So this is showing that these two teams, the defensive prowess and also the injuries are what's creating this total sitting here at 197.5, as low as 195.5 as of yesterday. But I almost wonder, because this is a Game 7, it's expected to be a close game. Boston right now, two-and-a-half-point favorites at BetMGM, but pretty much three everywhere else in the market. Is it going to be that parade to the free-throw lines maybe in the fourth quarter that gets this over? Because that's the only reason why I would be scared of betting the under in this spot, because this is a Game 7 similar to an NCAA March Madness type of game where it's single elimination. You might get those excess fouls because whoever's trailing is going to be trying to save their season. Does that creep in to your thought when you look at handicapping this total? Maybe, but I think in college, we know they start fouling. Sometimes they start fouling with two-plus minutes to go on <laughs> yeah. the clock. And, and it's not just uh, outside of, was it Brown that went up and bricked two free throws late in that game? I think it was Jalen Brown yep. that bricked two free throws late in that game in game six. For the most part, these guys are pros. They're going to go knock free throws down. So a lot of times, if they're going to be pressuring, you're not looking to foul, you're going to look to see if maybe you can get a trap and create a steal. So I, I can't equate that what happens in the NBA versus college because they they – have you know the propensity to miss as many free throws in college basketball young players that they do um yeah that always creeps in the last thing you want to see is it's like a five-point lead with a minute you know around a minute to go but with the three-point shot the way that it is and basically it seems like it's a five out I mean offense now in the NBA it's five out offense and most for the most part almost every player out on the floor can shoot the basketball Mm -hmm. you can always shoot yourself back into it so that that doesn't concern me as much Uh, I just I'd I just think from this standpoint here for the Boston Celtics that not only with the injuries because that not only are you injured it's all leg injuries right so those are going to help those are going to have a those are going to have an impact on your shooting ability you're not potentially whether it's your knee or your ankle the 
think about Lowry, and not that Lowry's one to get a whole lot of lift on his jump shot either, but, you know, anytime you're having a leg issue, that's, to me, a bigger concern than somebody that might have, a, you know, a finger issue or something like that when they're shooting the basketball. To me, it's about legs. You've got to get lift on that jump shot to get up and over uh, the, the closeout defense, and I think we'll see better, more disciplined defense. Guys got to play defense without fouling tonight, and hopefully Scott Foster doesn't want to get involved and swallows the whistle, let these guys be physical and play. I think that we'll find that out early. Early. So I don't think so. I, I, I just I can't make a case for myself anyway. I mean, I'm not telling anybody else with the bet. I'm just saying here's where I'm going with it. And mm -hmm. I just can't make a case for this game to to knowing what's on the line here. And I'll throw out any numbers that were out there earlier this in this series and through the regular season too. those don't apply here. This is the go to the finals. And it's all it, it's psychological at this point for all these players. And the and in particular for the Boston Celtics who have been in this position before and they failed. Now that the market has hit three, now BetMGM still has two and a half for the Celtics, the favorites, but pretty much everywhere else, like I mentioned, is at three. Is this a buy point for you with Miami, or do you maybe wait to see if you can get three in the hook? I, I don't think I can play the side. I'm just mm. my biggest concern is is the is Jimmy Butler, and we know the toughness and the competitiveness that he's going to bring out there. But does he have the same bounce? Does he have the legs? that he's had in game six. I don't know. That's a quick turnaround from the, all the effort and energy that was expended there as opposed to the legs or the lack that we've seen in game five in game three, we know he's injured. We know he's dealing with, with, with multiple injuries. He's been, he's been dealing with injuries for a number of years, Femi. So yeah. I, I just, I don't know if I can see that. I just, uh, that's my biggest concern because we know Butler has to be the guy and the, the mental toughness he will put out there that's one thing but that doesn't always just get you past the physical nature of being able to to get your shots the way that you want it and the other concern is I don't know about the status of Robert Williams I think Williams is a big impact in this game I think he keeps Bam Adebayo honest on the defensive side of the floor and in particular on the rebounding end having to hit the glass so maybe not able to hedge and extend as hard as he does on ball screens defensively if Williams is out there to clean up some of the glass but also then on the other side when Williams has any kind of lift to his game he's a he's a shot he's a shot adjuster as well guys are going to have to adjust to his closeouts within the paint and contesting shots too uh, I'm I'm just going to keep selling myself on this family. I like the under, and I'm glad that number is coming back into where it started. So now I don't have fear of missing out on the better on the better price. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, injury reporter. Everybody's questionable in this game. Marcus yeah. Smart is questionable. They're Robert, well, yeah, they're all playing. Like Robert Williams is questionable. Tyler Hero's questionable. Lowry's questionable. Struess is questionable. P.J. Tucker, Gabe Vincent. Now all these guys outside of maybe Tyler Hero, he might be the guy that actually doesn't play because he hasn't one. been able to play yep. so far. But that just goes to show you, like you've been talking about, is these injuries, and we keep driving this home. But the, that's such a big part of this handicap, and it's what's made this so challenging in terms of handicapping this game and this whole series for that matter just because we don't know who's healthy and when they get out on the court we don't know which percentage they're at and sometimes you get a zero from Jimmy Butler or you get 47 points from Jimmy Butler it's just so hard to predict what is going to happen in this game player props is an interesting way I know we talked Butler earlier Tatum right now his prop is sitting at 28 and a half at BetMGM minus 120 on the over minus 110 on the under Tatum only took one shot in the fourth quarter of game six he's heard that for the last 46 hours or 36 hours what have you be do you think Tatum's gonna come out ultra aggressive here in a game seven. Yes, I do. And so that's where that prop, I probably will stay away from that prop. If I was going to take it, I'd be betting the over. But looking at, at Brown, looking at Jalen Brown here, 
and now it's getting juiced. It was tw- his, his prop is at 24 and a half. I saw it earlier this morning at 120. Now it juiced to the under. Now it's at yep. minus one. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. 30, and we know he's had, he had, what, a 40-point game, although he lived at the free throw line in that game when he had 40, I think. But I I just don't know how many touches he's going to get. I think for Tatum, he knows he is the leader of that team, and he's had plenty of time to hear about it and watch film and where he was a complete no-show in that second half and in particular the fourth quarter like you mentioned. I think this is his game. He is going to dominate the basketball today offensively and I don't know if Jalen Brown's going to get enough touches. He's not going to get transition opportunities today either. I'd be looking at of those props, be looking at playing that under with Jalen Brown at 24 and a half. Yeah, just for a perspective on Jason Tatum in game six, he played 45 minutes the most of any Celtic and only took 12 shots. Like, that just can't happen in a game seven. They're going to need at least probably 18 to 20 shots from Jason Tatum in this go win or go home situation with the winner taking on the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. On the other side, we're going to try to charge up here, talking bolts in the NFL here. This is Betting Across America. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. So visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe hanging out here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas out there in Colorado. James, the L.A. Chargers uh, are an interesting team here because there's a lot of hype about the Bolts heading into this 2022 season. But so far, under Brandon Staley, under Justin Herbert at quarterback, they haven't quite fulfilled those expectations, especially with the way last season ended. What's your read on this Chargers team now that the dust has settled from the offseason? It's the defensive side that was the issue for the Chargers last year. And we know Bose is a tremendous player to be able to get after it on the quarterback. And so they've made some upgrades. And now you've got the bookend with Khalil Mack coming back to the AFC West and this time now wearing a Chargers uniform. If if he can resemble anything that he looked like for those first few years with the Oakland Raiders rushing the passer, mm-hmm. you got those two bookends 
to be able to get after it, and you're going to need to because of what what's transpired in the AFC West as far as the arms are concerned. But they don't have to rush Justin Herbert because they're the same team there, right? But th- that's that. I mean, that was a significant upgrade if he's able to get back to what he was. We'll see if J.C. Jackson can be the corner that I think they're hoping for him to be. You know, I, I mean, I know he's had he's had a lot of success there with Belichick in New England. Although I I can't get past that game when they hosted the the Buffalo Bills late in the season. And he J.C. Jackson got worked. He he didn't want to tackle. He missed tackles. He got beat off the line. He didn't show up when the, when the, in prime time. And that wasn't a prime time game, but in a sense where it was a big game, huge yep. divisional game right there. And the Bills took it down. And they really, and in a sense, not so much that they targeted him, but when he had opportunities to make plays, he didn't get it done. And I remember that game because I had New England in that game, and that was that was not a good spot for me. But uh, I'll <laughs> I'll get past those things. Man. We used to have a whole off season to get over some of our losses. You know, it's always funny. We we win plenty and we lose plenty of bets. But it seems like you can always remember those beats and those losses, oh, those yeah. losses a lot more than I remember those wins. And in particular, sometimes who might have been responsible for that. But we'll move forward here. But I think some some good pickups. I think the best thing for the Chargers, too, that we got to see last season was Derwin James. He's a great talent, but he's had such a hard time. He's really had struggles with injuries, but for the most part was able to stay healthy for the duration of the 2021 season. So having him back there to make some plays, yes, at the linebacker spot, they are short. They were short last year. They're still short this year. Mm-hmm. There's going to be opportunities. To, to run the football, I think, at the Chargers. You can get into those linebackers. You can rush off the edge. You know, both those guys are going to be coming booking pass rushers off the edge. So you can, I think you could still run the football at them. And offensively, the Chargers are going to score. I mean, I mean that this this offense, what we saw out of Herbert making all the throws the way that he does, and Williams and Allen, he's got big targets to throw the football to. These are bigs, right? We think about receivers, and it's one of those when they get down the red zone, they can just throw it up one-on-one, and you just go up and go get it. So he's got bigs to throw to, makes all the throws. Are they going to run the football? We'll see. But it's a it's a good offensive line. It's a very pretty, for the most part, a very young offensive line. But it's got talent. There, there, there's a lot of opportunity here for the Chargers to to find their way into the playoffs. The big, I guess, I mean, the biggest thing will be, well, does Staley believe? You, you think about some of the fourth down decisions that he's mm-hmm. made, and and I think we're good with that for the most part. I know I am. We get yeah. tired of these guys constantly just, all right, well, you're right around midfield. Here comes the punt again, and then the punter kicks it in the damn end zone. You didn't really net much yardage <laughs> on the punt. Or bypassing field goals, but in a sense, just you just can't, you can't go for it on fourth down unless it's the last possession of the game. You can't go it on fourth down inside your own 20, and that was really, you know, that, that was uh, the biggest head-scratcher of all. But we like guys who gamble, right? It's a sports betting network. Exactly. Yeah, too, so I can relate. That's all good. But I think maybe he won't be as inclined to do that in certain situations because the defense has made some upgrades onto their roster and hopefully will be more improved than what we saw last year. That's going to be the interesting thing to see from this Chargers team early on in the season is, is Brandon Staley willing to still be aggressive with those fourth down decisions? Because if, if he, I almost hope that he does stay aggressive because like respect and trust in your process and don't get too caught up in the results of these coin flips not really going your way necessarily because if they get a couple of those to go their way, all those fourth down decisions – they, hell, they could have won the division. You know, it's like they took the Kansas City Chiefs to the wire in both games. They won at Arrowhead. They lost the game in OT at home. But if they win that game in, at home, there's a good chance that they have a driver's seat position to win the AFC West. So I hope he sticks to his guns. But as it pertains to Justin Herbert, I mean, the stats on this guy are incredible. 
Now, he hasn't made it to the playoffs just yet, but we're putting a lot of stock into him. But it's when you watch him, even just for one game, it's easy to see why. I mean, 5,000 yards passing, 38 touchdown passes, a 97.7 passer rating. In the MVP market, he is up there with all of the perennial MVP contenders. I, I believe he's around 10 to 1 or 12 to 1 to win MVP. So there's not a whole lot of value there with Herbert winning that award. But. What do you expect that we'll see from Justin Herbert now that the offensive line, they patched that up in the draft with Zion Johnson out of Boston College? Uh, the wide receivers, they took care of Mike Williams. They retained him. He was a free agent for them. Like, this offense has the potential to really take off in now year three under Herbert and what his skill set is being a big, strong-arm quarterback who has a little bit of mobility as well. And he's not afraid to make throws. There are certain times where you see quarterbacks will kind of check down. Yeah, I don't know if I want to try to fit in that tight window. It helps having receivers that are 6'4 and 6'5. It has big tight ends too. But, you know, he's not afraid to take shots. And he's got – there's kind of a – I think there's kind of a gambler mentality about him. But we're not talking Carson Wentz here who's trying to play hero ball. I think Justin Herbert is just confident in his ability with not only with the velocity he puts on him, but the accuracy that he has. He's got talent to throw the football to. So we're going to see plenty of points coming out of this Chargers offense. They're going to be fun to watch, and I think they're going to need to because I, I like some of the upgrades they've had, but I, this isn't. there's still plenty of holes on the defensive side of the football for the Chargers. Uh, you dig into their schedule a little bit, Femi, and it's relatively for the, for the first, let's just call it the first half. Their bye week is week eight, so that's a good spot to have your bye. Mm-hmm. And it's relatively favorable. They've got four home games of their first, uh, what, their first seven here, four home games with games at Houston, at Cleveland early in the season. I, who knows what will be Deshaun Watson or not. Even when Deshaun Watson gets in there, there's no saying, well, Deshaun Watson's now with Cleveland, so now they're gonna they're just going to go forward and go north. They're going to have to change. The, what is the identity of that offense going to look like for Cleveland? That was a run-heavy first team. Watson's used to being in shotgun. You run run that play action with the way that they're built. you got to get under center. We'll see. Lots to determine there with Cleveland. So if you're going to get Cleveland, probably better you get them early rather than late in the season. Uh, they do have four out of five games to start their bye on the road, which could be a challenge, although they're going to start it with Atlanta. And I'll just – I'll be very articulate here. Femi, the Falcons suck. So that that's <laughs> that's almost going to be like a scrimmage game. The Falcons are awful. It's yeah. a poorly coached team. I don't know what they're doing with the, with the draft picks that they're doing. It's a bad football team. You're going to catch – Arizona, they may have imploded by then, but then the back half of that of that schedule, the last four games, Ooh. home to Tennessee, at Indy, against the Chargers there in Los Angeles, and then at Denver on either January eighth, I see it's eighth or ninth. It's that last weekend in Denver. It'll be cold here in January. That would be that's that's an interesting. I think that's a smart move by the schedule makers. Potentially, could that potentially be to win the AFC West? You know, we'll see where Kansas City is, but that potentially could be there to win the division. Uh, that's that's a challenging way to close out the season right there, mm-hmm. especially with games at Indy and the, the, the defending Super Bowl champion Rams leading up to your game at mile high. Yeah, and we saw that being the case for the Chargers last year, that end of the season. They lost that game to Houston, which I'm sure they're still kicking themselves over that, but they had to close the year here in Vegas against the Raiders with a chance to go to the playoffs. They were unable to get that game done here. But you mentioned the Chargers possibly winning this division. I know you like Denver quite a bit. You got in on Denver right as they made the acquisition of Russell Wilson, so you have a better number than what's presented in the market here. But at BetMGM, Denver's plus 260. The Chargers are plus 250. Given those prices, which one are you more inclined to back here? Would it be L.A. there at plus 250 as a potential challenger of the Kansas City Chiefs? 
Oh, they're definitely the chat. I think it's a three team race and the Raiders have done some things offensively to make themselves better. Too many holes on that roster, though, especially on the defensive side. I think for the Raiders to be in the mix to win the AFC West, uh, but they're going to be fun to watch, too. They're going to put points up on the board as well. But I think I just think for the. If you look at the schedule, it's not a super difficult schedule for the Chargers, but they also those home games don't really feel like home games. Yeah. It's not a big advantage for the Chargers playing in Los Angeles like it like it is for Denver playing at Mile High or Kansas City playing at Arrowhead. So not a super big advantage there. It, it almost sometimes the, some of these games are neutral. And in fact, when the Raiders play, it's it's the uh, it's the Raiders home game in Los Angeles when they're playing the Chargers. We yeah. saw that last year for sure. Uh, I I'm. I think for me, it's still, I really like how this Denver team is built on the defensive side of the football. I like the secondary. They've got good safety. The secondary can cover. And I think they're they're going to be healthier. The, their issue last year was the linebacking core was completely decimated. They had eight guys on injury reserve of their linebacking core at one point. That hopefully, as long as they stay healthy, that is not going to be the case this year. I really like the defensive side of the ball for the Denver Broncos, and that's still kind of the way I'm leaning. I still like the Broncos uh, to plus money to plus two fifty two eighty, like you said, or I yeah, got it yeah, plus two sixty to win that to win the AFC West. Yeah, no, I think Denver's going to be a really fascinating team because they are one of 10 teams to have a first-year head coach. And we're going to discuss all 10 of those teams next here. Win totals, first-time head coaches on Betting Across America. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. The betting splits page will show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, and now it is updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. So betting splits are another way vsin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. So check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe hanging out here at the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas out there in Colorado. And James, the Denver Broncos, we talked about them a little bit on the other side, saying that this is a team that you like out of the AFC West. They are led by a first-time head coach in Nathaniel Hackett. In fact, we saw a lot of coaching changes this offseason in the NFL. And here are some of the win totals for the first-year head coaches. Now, not all these coaches are rookie coaches. Some of them are veterans like a Doug Peterson. He's coached before in Philadelphia, now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But some of these win totals are rather interesting. Nathaniel Hackett has the highest expectations as a first-time head coach at 10.5. But which of these win totals for the first-year head coaches now on the job intrigues you the most? That's... I mean, I want to say the Broncos, but that is so high sitting at 10 and mm -hmm. a half considering where the, the state of the AFC West that they're in. So I, I get why it's juiced as heavy as it is to minus 160. You know, um, do I want to get involved to say Miami is going to be a flop this season? Ooh. I kind of do. I kind of, I, I do. I, I know they've made all these moves and you have all these pieces in place, but now you've got a new head coach having to come in there and deal with some of the other stuff that's going on with the, the departure of Brian Flores and what happened there with that front office and things that were happening. Now you've got to kind of do some damage control and create a new culture there. I, I think that's a big challenge. That's a big challenge. I don't know. I'm not a believer in Tua being going to be able to take advantage of some of the new weapons that he has there mm -hmm. offensively in the passing game, especially down the field. And I think with Tyreek Hill, he's somebody that you can, you don't, not everything has to be over the top. 
for Tyreek Hill to make plays, right? He doesn't always have to take the top off the defense, just his speed alone, being creative. But I think it's going to take some time. So, you know, I, I, but that division is, you know, it's just not outside of the Bills. It's it, the Jets made some improvements. Maybe they do. Uh, maybe, maybe the Jets can be more improved this year and, and battle there with Miami. I just, I'm... I'm just not a big believer in where we're at with this Miami roster. It's 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 great to have things on paper, but you still got to build chemistry, and it's going to build mm-hmm. chemistry with with a new coach having to stick in there. And eight and a half. Remember the the AFC will have the extra road game this year. NFC gets the benefit of playing nine home games. AFC got that benefit last year. Yeah, I think maybe that's where we start. Maybe Josh McDaniels, too. And Josh McDaniels is obviously not a rookie head coach, and I think he's trying to to shed that label of he tried to be Bill Belichick yeah. here in Denver when he took over and trying to be him himself and his own identity here. There's just a lot of holes on that, off, on that defensive side for the Raiders and playing in the division that they're playing there with the AFC West. Yeah, I think maybe maybe I'll flip it there and look at the Raiders and just eight and a half, getting to nine wins, being above 500 this season. That's a tall order with, yeah, Devontae Adams and offensively, they're going to put points on the board, but they're going to have to because they're not going to get stops this season. I'm looking at Minnesota, and that's a team that I can't get a handle on. And Kevin O'Connell coming over from the L.A. Rams now is a first-time head coach. Kirk Cousins still there at quarterback. And every Kirk Cousins-led team is kind of always hovering around eight and a half, nine, nine and a half as a win total, seeing that he's kind of an average-ish quarterback, and that's an average-ish win total. What's your read on the Vikings? Now, Kevin O'Connell, they also have a new general manager in Kwesi Adafo Mensa. So it's a whole new regime out there in the Twin Cities. So I don't really know what to expect here. I don't think I would ever play a win total. I would maybe look, if I was bullish on Minnesota, I'd maybe bet them to win the division. And if I didn't like Minnesota, maybe try to find a legal market that has maybe worst record in the league type of thing. Like it seems like the range of outcomes is so wide just because we've never seen Kevin O'Connell as a head coach. Right. Exactly. And that's the challenge here. And maybe that maybe they were and, and thinking about, like, I'm, I'm going to revert back here to Denver and Hackett coming in. That's a voice that the, the, the Broncos needed a new voice at the head coach position. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fangio was very, you know, he's been around a long time. He's old school guy, but he was multiple generation disconnect from the, the team that's here and the, you know, the, the generation that's here with the 20 somethings with the, and in the league in general, but here in, in Denver, because there really wasn't a whole lot of leadership on the field for the Denver Broncos. So it needed to be at the head coach, very, it just completely disconnected from a communication style standpoint, guys tuned him out, didn't listen to him. Uh, no, it was just really rudderless. So I think Hackett coming in a fresh conversation there, a lot of excitement, obviously getting Russell Wilson to come to Denver too is a huge plus and being able to take advantage of that but just needed a new voice i wonder if that's the same in minnesota with Mm -hmm. with zimmer zimmer is the old school guy too and he's gonna have a very he's gonna be very abrupt and abrasive with his with his coaching style with his communication style and it's just different now the the communicating with let's the 20 somethings now it's just different it's different now than how it was when those guys were younger coaches and you could be more uh, you know more, more old well just leave it at old school right and you can talk Basically, you can be more, you can hold them more accountable and be more blunt with your conversations than how you have to be now. You've got to be a little more strategic about how yeah. you approach conversations with today's players. It's just the reality of it. It's the reality. We can say, well, they're getting softer. Regardless, that's a different conversation, and, and, and that's just the reality of where it is now. 
Maybe that's the same. Does that happen in Minnesota? Is that something where they had just kind of tuned out Zimmer and now they're looking for that fresh perspective, that new voice to come in and, and put a new stamp on this team? And we know the identity of Zimmer. It's going to start on the defensive side of the football, and there's still some talent on that side. It's not nearly nearly as talented as what we've seen some Vikings teams in the past on the defensive end of the, of the, of the ball. But – Maybe that maybe that's potentially there, and you know, and then that division that they're playing in, you got the Lions rebuilding. Chicago's a wreck, uh, and yeah. you may see Chicago at the bottom. I think maybe the Lions overtake Chicago, and Chicago is in the in the cellar. And I don't think Green Bay is going to be anywhere. They're not going to be the number one seed in the NFC like they have been the last two years. So if we're looking at season win totals, maybe that's it. New voice there, not a tough division, some talent to throw to for sure with Kirk Cousins. We're talking about regular season. We're not talking about playoffs. So <laughs> lean towards the over there with Minnesota. Yeah, and Chicago with Matt Eberflus here taking over first time as a head coach. He was at the Indianapolis Colts as their defensive coordinator last year. That to- win total's at six and a half, and I'm looking at their schedule. I'm not sure where I see seven victories here, and you can get even money on the under at six and a half there. Like, to me, that feels like I don't think it's a safe bet because Justin Fields could take a leap in his progression, and all of a sudden they become a lot more competitive, but Based on what they've done this offseason and their goal of just resetting their salary yeah. cap and then looking in next year in terms of actually building and acquiring talent, I think that's a pretty decent look at the under, even though it's at six and a half, which is a pretty low number. Yeah, it is really low, but you, you're talking seven and ten to have to go over that yeah. total, and I, I agree. I think this is just it's a complete rebuild, rebuild there, and you know you're you're you lose some, you know with. What are we going to see offensively out of fields? I mean, it was a really challenging situation for him last year because that identity, they didn't know what they wanted to do. That you got multiple guys calling plays throughout the season. Well, <laughs> now you're starting all over again, so maybe fields get a fresh start. But that within with, with, with that roster the way that it is, I mean, Hicks was really their best player. He's not mm-hmm. going to be there. He's still sitting out there. I think he's waiting to sign somewhere with a contender once OTAs are all done and they get close to the preseason and get ready for, for tr- actual training camp. Hicks will sign somewhere, so he's not coming back, and he was really their most impactful player. The only thing that would be a benefit for Chicago is they're, now they're going to be the look-ahead spot on the schedule for a number of <laughs> yeah. teams when they get to play Chicago. But seven wins, you're right, FME. I agree. I can't see it. Of these coaches, which one do you think you'd be interested in betting on coach of the year? Because we know a lot of the coach of the year awards are going to first-time head coaches or situations to where a lot of these coaches are almost taking bad situations and turning them into good situations. And I'm looking at a guy like Nathaniel Hackett right now is 16 to one to win coach of the year. Um, Kevin O'Connell is 14 to one. So Kevin O'Connell is up there pretty high uh, amongst the favorites here. Any interest in the coach of the year market and any of these names that we have on the list here um, interest you? Not really, but if we're if we're just looking at this list, and I'll just compartmentalize it into this list that we have here. I'm looking at Dennis Allen. Uh, he he's been there, and he's been a head coach before. Didn't work out so well when he was coaching the Raiders, but he's been on that staff there in New Orleans for the last number of what four or five years. So he knows the roster. He knows the personnel. I love the defensive line. It's still a good defense there in New Orleans. They will always have a home field advantage when when playing in the Superdome. And yeah, I'd, I'm not a big believer in Jameis Winston, but this is a team with some offensive talent. Kamara is a tremendous talent, and and they are going to be competitive and outside of Tampa, and Tampa's a contender, obviously, in the NFC for the Super Bowl. The other two teams in that NFC, Sal, it's a bad... 
the Panthers are a bad football team and Atlanta, I think Atlanta's going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. So this is the team that's got plenty of talent. He knows his personnel and they know what the, who they're going to be going into 2022 with the home field advantage there in New Orleans. Nine games at home. Maybe if I was going to pick of any of those play, any of those coaches on that on that list to be coach of the year, uh, I would make it Allen. Dennis Allen is 30 to one right now over at BetMGM to be coach of the year, and that's a team that I think is going to go to the playoffs. So if he can get to them to the playoffs the year after Sean Payton leaves, maybe he gets the narrative in his favor. On the other side, final segment, we go down the MLB card. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Discover BetMGM, the king of sports books. Sign up today and win at $200 if you place a $10 wager on any NBA playoff game and either team hits a three-pointer regardless of your bet's outcome. Simply use bonus code VSIN200 when you place your first bet to take advantage of this offer. Enjoy the playoffs more than ever with BetMGM. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or in New York. Welcome back. This is the final segment of Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi and Bebefe hanging out here at the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas out there in Colorado. James, we got about 10 minutes left here, and we have a handful of MLB games yet to get underway. This is kind of the West Coast swing of games that will start at 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, 4 o'clock over on the East Coast. So let's start out with the Los Angeles Angels hosting the Toronto Blue Jays, who have won four straight here. The Angels minus 145 on the money line. The Blue Jays plus 120 with a total of eight runs. The juice is on the under at minus 120. Yeah, but you've got Barrios throwing out there. And I think for Barrios, it's still, you know, it's, it's he's hit or miss sometimes. He's just one that usually he is a guy that I'm looking to go against. He works, he, he has pitched well the last couple of times out. And really being able to find his control, that's usually the, the case with Burrios. If he's able to locate, not give out free passes here. But looking at this lineup for the Angels, I mean, this is just a team that – this is – this I, I think for the Angels, and we've seen this, There, there's times where it has been such an up-and-down season for most teams here. There's only, you know, 60% of the teams, Femi, in Major League Baseball are below 500. 
And so wow. it really just, it is, it's, it makes it difficult where it's such a clear difference between the haves and the have nots. And the, usually it's the bigger market teams and, and LA is definitely a bigger market with the angels and they've got some big, big prices on that roster. Right. I, I think this is where, this is another team with blue Jays uh, do as well. Not so much the high market team, but as far as the spending is concerned and the moves that they've made uh, and plenty of talent up and down that lineup, but this is a team that is really their free swingers out there. And, mm-hmm. and that's what it takes for them. Three run homers with nobody on. I, I lean angels here. I'm not, I probably won't play it. And I, really haven't been playing a whole lot of baseball at some of these player props, but I I can't get involved with the Jays here, not with Barrios on the mound. I'd lean towards the Angels. The Rangers and the Athletics, we had a lot of runs in this game yesterday there. The Athletics are even money at home, the underdog hosting Texas, and Texas is minus 120, the road favorite, with a total of seven and a half with the juice toward the under at minus 115. Yeah, it's kind of... Dunning was really from last year. It was he had, and it was a bad team that we had in Texas with that Rangers lineup. But Dunning, I think, was one of the few bright spots of really not being able to pitch with much run support. Uh, but he's been up and down this season too, and it really got hammered. Eleven hits the last time out against the Angels on Tuesday, and had to work a lot of deep counts. But he's a strikeout pitcher, so he's gonna have a lot of deep counts, and his pitch count is gonna tail up here. But when you're looking at this other side, and that's why I'm trying to find the market again, we don't have a whole lot of markets with the. Now that seems really deep. Um, it's 17 and a half outs for Dane Dunning, but it's juiced at a dollar 85. Are are the A's going to be able to chase him out of here? And looked at his strikeout rate too. He's at it's it's four and a half only, but it's at a dollar 55. I don't like Caprillion here in this spot either. I get why that that number is sitting where it is as far as the total is concerned. It's at seven and a half just based on. With the A's not really being much of a hitting lineup, but, you know, and it is a pitcher's park friendly there in Oakland, but I kind of lean towards the over here. I just don't think Dunning has been as consistent, not anywhere close to as consistent uh, of a bulldog that we saw last season. And Caprillion is one that I think can get chased. And we're, we're starting to see that Rangers lineup starting to get, I know Simeon has really struggled since coming over last, you know, in the off season, leaving the A's and the great season that he had last year for Oakland. And coming in and she'll trying to fit, find himself at the top of the lineup with the Rangers. But there's some talent in that Rangers lineup and they're starting to hit the baseball. I think yeah, that's where I'd look at. I don't like either of the pitchers in this matchup. I'd lean towards the over at seven and a half. It is juiced to the under at $1.15. So some money mm-hmm. going against it there, but a shorter price. I kind of lean over. The L.A. Dodgers have found their stride here in the early portion of the MLB season. Really, a really fantastic team. 32-14, and 14, uh, their record right now in first place in the NL West. And right now they're minus 200 on the road against the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks plus 170 at BetMGM. The total sitting at nine. I'm sure the Dodgers, James, are going to be in a lot of money line parlays this afternoon. Yeah, and I don't do those, so they won't be sitting in any parlay for me here. But I'm looking to see. We we did hit the um, the the Goldie, and that's where I'm. I did yeah, bet Goldie did. again to get it, the, the the base. He took care of that. He had a what? It's a three run homer in the third inning or second inning yesterday. But not only has Goldie been hot for St. Louis, Mookie Betts has been on fire driving the ball. He had another home run yesterday to lead off the game. Eleven home runs in May, and that's what I'm trying to dig up. Excuse me, I had to. I got logged out and I had to get back into this for a player prop. <laughs> Who knows where that number is? Usually, I'm not going to bet something like a home run to to go because that's. Like I looked at Goldie yesterday, and he did drive one, but he was like plus four twenty-five. I need a bigger number than that. I'm just mm-hmm. while we're here trying to find it. Bets. That's funny. It's way down at plus two sixty. Way too short to get involved with Mookie Betts. But man, this yeah. team. I mean, the Dodgers nineteen and seven this month. Uh, 
run differential is 73 in the in the month of May, or averaging over six runs per game. Yeah, I usually don't do run lines. If I do a run line, it's going to be on the road, so I make sure I have a full nine at bats, and that's the case here with the Dodgers. But even that's juiced at a dollar thirty, a dollar thirty-five actually at a run line. Can't play that as well. I, I'm not going to take the Diamondbacks. It's a team they do draw a lot of walks, but they also strike out. It's a weird team. They have a lot of strikeouts, but they also walk a lot too. So very, they they work a lot of deep counts here. But uh, sitting at nine, I. I I'm, I'm off it. I'm not going to play it, even though uh, it's been fun watching Betts and drive the baseball the way that he has. He's finally gotten hot. A lot of guys were behind in April, not Mookie Betts come May. Man, that guy's killing the ball. Yeah, Mookie Betts making a nice little MVP push here in the month of May as we turn to June as early as next week. Pittsburgh and San Diego. San Diego, it's a fantastic ballpark, a beautiful place to be on a Memorial Day weekend. Padres minus 185, the favorites at home. The Pirates plus 150, the road dog here with the total sitting at seven. Yeah, it's, this is always a good learning lesson if you're watching the game with your son or your kids and you're looking at the Padres, one of the best fielding teams in Major League Baseball, and the Pirates, the absolute worst fielding team right now as far as fielding percentage is concerned. Pirates, not a good baseball team to begin with. Uh, looking to try to get involved in this market, it's sitting at I mean, we're looking here and sitting at seven. It's hard for me to say, yeah, I kind of lean towards the over here because the Pirates are such a, a weak-hitting team, and that lineup is just – there's not a whole lot of talent. But that's kind of where I lean. I don't, I don't love the pitching matchup here, kind of lean to the over. Again, that's another one that's sitting at $1.15, juice to the under, sitting at seven. I kind of lean towards the over at $1.05. The Seattle Mariners are going for the series sweep against the Houston Astros. They're not sure a lot of people expected that when the weekend started here. The Mariners are plus 120, the home dog. Astros minus 145, the road favorite here with a total of eight with T-Mobile Park being a pitcher's park. Yeah, and what the pitching matchup today with Marco Gonzalez. And Marco's somebody I'm, I'm, I I'm root for here. He's a local kid up at Rocky Mountain mm-hmm. High School, won a couple of state titles as a pitcher. He's a pitcher. He's very crafty. He's not going to challenge you with fastballs. He doesn't have high-velocity stuff. He's going to move. He's going to change speeds. He's going to keep the eye level from, from high to low. But I think here the Astros, they he did – Really, I think he pitched seven innings to in their home opener this season back in April uh, and pitched very well. But I was looking at that pitcher prop market here, too, with Marco. And really, I don't think – I think for, for the Astros, full lineup today, everybody is in for this Astros lineup. His outs – we're talking about Marco Gonzalez. His outs are sitting at 16.5. It's just pretty heavy to the over, minus 145. I like the under here. It's sitting at plus – It's a, the splits of the straddles on this are not very good when we're getting into the – into any of these player prop markets, right? We were saying a minus 145, and then you're only getting back plus 100 on the other side. I don't <laughs> yeah, like the splits at all. No, it's bad straddle here. But I don't, I don't think Gonzalez is going to be able to pitch because, in a sense, he's he's got to he's got to go five and two thirds inning. I don't think it happens today. I like I like Gonzalez to go under his out total at plus 100 at 16 and a half. Final game on the card in about 30 seconds, James. Here's Sunday night baseball. The Phillies taking on the New York Mets, and it's minus 110 each way on the money line with a total of seven and a half. I stay away from this Phillies team. Uh, they're, they're a team that just drives me. Uh, they're hard for me to watch. Another team that is uh, it's feast or famine with these guys swinging the bats the way that they do. So this will be on Sunday night baseball. At the same time, the uh, game seven of the Heat and the uh, Heat and the Celtics 
I'm going to be looking at the – I won't be – I'm not going to have that game on, so no bet for me, Femi. I am going to bet that under. We get to 190 – it's 97 and a half. I think it's going to continue to climb. If it gets to 198, I'm a buyer. I'm playing. I'm going under, under in the Heat game seven. There you go. Under for James Salinas in the game seven between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. No play for me. I can't figure that series out, so I'm going to sit back and watch it. Maybe something in-game will pique my interest here. But that does it for the show here on this Memorial Day weekend Sunday. Thank you to Haley Sutton of NBC6, Miami sports anchor and reporter. For James Salinas, I'm Femi Bebefe. Our entire crew here at the South Point Hotel and Casino wishing you a happy and healthy rest of the weekend. Coming up next, betting across America from Circa, Dave Ross, Brady Cannon, here on VCND Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.